out there. Oh, hello. So we're good for that. Well, this morning we are looking at confident. Confident. Now, um, the, the scripture that we are looking at is in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3. For we who have believed do enter that rest. So whenever we are entering into the rest that we have in God, we are looking at how that we are confident enough to go to sleep. <laughs> but the rest that we're speaking of here is not the rest of going to sleep. And the rest that is spoken of here is not the rest from inactivity or time off. It is a rest that we enter into while we are going through the difficulties, while we are experiencing the, the, the traumatic events. I, I think of um, this, the, when Jesus is in the boat and there's a violent storm and he's asleep. And the disciples are afraid that they're going to all die. They're all going to drown. And Jesus is sleeping. <laughs> well, the rest that Jesus has is not that he is tired and sleeping. The rest that he has is everything's okay, no matter what type of situation we're in. So no matter what the situation was at that moment, Jesus was not anxious about it. Because he was able to calm the storms. He's able to, you know, put things in order just the way they should be, just at the mention of his word. So the disciples wake him up and say, Jesus, Jesus, we got a storm here and we're all going to die. Don't you care? And he says, wait a minute. Wind and be still. And everything calms down. So that's the type of rest that we have that in spite of the storms that we're maybe finding ourselves in we're still at rest inside in our heart the peace of god that passes all understanding is that in the midst of the trial we should be anxious but yet we are at peace we're at rest because we know that god is in charge so we have this confidence this we are confident that god is going to take care of us we, are, we have this confidence that nothing can separate us from the love of God and that we have this confidence that, it, and confidence meaning, the word meaning is the feeling, of, the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. It's all going to be okay. Not because the stars are going to line up. It's going to be okay because Jesus Christ is alive within our hearts and lives and the whole plan, the whole purpose He's in control. Amen. So, <laughs> got that? God is in control. And whenever you think he's not in control, that's when he's most in control. Because when things are all upheaval and whatever, it's okay. God is in control. He will see me through this. Now, this is not because we set, set we, we um, just, we need to put it in perspective that when things are not as they should be, we need to pray and ask God to give us peace and take the violence. You know, whenever we're in a stormy situation, physical storms, I always pray, God, take the violence out of the storm. I don't, you know, I, my, my prayer is, you know, when the hurricanes are coming and whatever, pray people are along the coastline or in, in the central states with the tornadoes. I always say, God, take the violence out of the storm because the rain is needed. <laughs> we need those heavy rains. You know, fill up the reservoirs. Out in California and those places, you know, they have these heavy rains. I, I would just wondered if the, the uh, reservoirs that they have are, have started to fill up from all of these heavy rains. I haven't, haven't seen that or heard that, so I should maybe look for it. 
but they've had a drought situation in which these reservoirs are 20, 30 feet below uh, their norm. So I'm maybe this all this rain that has come in has helped to lift their level of water. You know, how do people live in the desert? You know, how do people live in Tucson and, and the desert communities without the, the, the great dams that they have, the Hoover Dam, you know? They can't live there without that Hoover Dam, and that dam goes down, they go out of water. So pray that God replenish it. So take the violence out of the storm. For we, have, uh, for we who have believed do enter that rest. Our belief is that God is... I, I dislike using this, the term, God is on my side, uh, that I, I like the term, I'm on God's side, <laughs> and that I'm living with him and for him and in him, and uh, as I live in him and with him and for him, we live and move in Christ. So therefore, we have this confidence that in Christ, everything is okay, that my, my provisions are coming, my provisions are in place, that God has a, um, a plan uh, for my life. He has a plan for each of our lives. And the plan involves our commitment and our activity. You know, we have an active part. We, I, I remember years ago the phrase, we are, a part of every, we are a part of the answer to every prayer that we pray. We are a part of the answer to every prayer that we pray. So when we pray that God would love somebody or God would love us, he wants us to love them, love others first so that what we sow will come back to us. So we, we are part of the answer. So whenever we're looking at what our needs are, we're also looking that, at what we can give, that God is capable of taking care of us and, and, and his provision is beyond what we can even imagine. So we move in that, in that uh, direction, mo moving towards the understanding that I'm going to trust God with my life. I'm going to trust God with my soul. All that we value um, and hold dear to us, we, we hold it in the hand of God. God holds it in his hand, and we are in his hand, and we are safe there. So God promises that there is blessings in our future. There are set times and blessings in our future. Now, if we don't have an expectation, what do we have? If you don't have an expectation that God is going to do something in our life that's better than today and, and greater than today, and, and we often write that off, you know, I, I could never have that because in this present moment, I can't afford it, I don't have the education, I don't have this, I don't have that, so I can't get this. But that's not what God says. The scripture believes that, you know, I, I, I know I use Joseph a lot, but he's just such a, a prime example of having an idea that his brothers and, you know, a vision, a dream that he believes God has given him, and his brothers are going to bow down, his father's going to bow down to him, and, you know, and then he has this vision, and he's a young kid that's considered a spoiled brat, and, uh, and he gets sold into slavery, he gets framed in Potiphar's house, he gets thrown in prison, and he gets forgotten there. So having everybody bow down doesn't seem to fit the slavery uh, image. But God used those situations to take him to the place where he was second in command. So if we have a vision, if we have a dream, if we have a desire, 
and it's out there somewhere, we are in the process of going towards it. And if I'm going towards it, then I need to believe that it's going to happen, and I need to believe that God is going to be the provision for my life for this to happen. Amen. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Agree? Disagree? What are you dreaming of? Lunch? No, it's too early for that. Mmm. Shopping at Kmart. Yeah. Where's then where's Kmart? Oh, Monroeville. Oh, 20% off. 80% off. Bargains galore, you know? You, th- you didn't think you- you'd come to church and find bargains. <laughs> but I believe that's part of it. God directs the steps, and we find the bargains, and we see the places, and, you know, God can take us to those, those best places, best buy, <laughs> not necessarily the store. Um, so what is it that we believe for? What is it that we're looking for? What is it that we are asking God for? The, under, the idea is, it's good that we can't get there on our own. It's good that we can't get this by just our own initiative. Because if we did it on our own initiative, we wouldn't need God. And the problem we have with where we're at at the moment, we've arrived here and we think, well, I had to go through this and that to get here, so I did it all on my own. And the, the truth is, God has brought us to this place and time, and he has given to us this, this understanding of where we're at and the application of the word to our lives. The application of what Jesus has said is that he, he is going to do this in our life. He's going to work in our life. He's going to bless our life. He's going to, um, that we would bear fruit and that we would be grounded in him, in Christ. And so in this root system of our faith is the word of God that nourishes the tree, nourishes us, that we can produce fruit, and the fruit that we have will bless other people, and so we will be blessed. So we look at this, and we know that God is at work, that you're going to get the good break, you will be thrusted, thrusted, <laughs> you'll be thrust forward, I know it's not a word, but thrust forward in our life to where God is going to bless us. So do we trust God enough to believe that our time will come? It's just like, you know, we're all going to end up in heaven, but we got to die to get there, you know. So we believe that that's going to happen or the rapture will take place. So either way, we're going to get to heaven. So until we get there, we don't live in despair. We live in promise. (laughs) We live in promise. Promise, we live in the promised land. (laughs) The promised land. The promise, the land of promise where God has, beneath our feet, we're walking on the promised land. This is where God, what God has promised us. And that wherever your foot shall tread, tread, that will I give you. That was the promise to the, the children of Israel whenever they were going into the, the promised land, into the land of Canaan when they came out of uh, Egypt. Wherever your foot trods, that's the land I'm going to give you. Hmm. So we need to recognize that we have a responsibility. We are part of the answer to every prayer that we pray. 
that God is going to do a work in us and that he's going to fulfill that promise that he's given us. So if we are on the way, (laughs) not in the way, as we are on the way, we are to be confident that God will take care of us today and tomorrow. God's provisions are today and tomorrow and for eternity. So God's provisions, we, 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 we walk in confidence knowing that we will arrive at these places. That God will bless us and so God has a place of blessing for us and while we're on this path, we're going to have obstacles. <laughs> so don't let negativity, don't let people... Don't let situations talk you out of what you're doing, where you're going. Because somebody else can't see it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It has to exist in your heart. If it doesn't exist in your heart, then how are you ever going to know when it gets here? <laughs> if it doesn't exist in your heart, what are you, how are you going to recognize it? So that's why God is giving us beliefs and giving us promises and that those promises have to have some sort of shape or form. You know, God's provision has to have some shape or form to it because if we don't see it as God's dream in our hearts and our lives, how do we know that God provided it? And it wasn't just we ourselves that did it on our own. So God is in charge and that God is there. Now, we see that you, the, way you, the way you know that you're really believing is that you have rest on the inside. You're at peace. You have this confidence that everything's going to be all right. We work towards that, you know, calming the seas. We, look to, we work towards it so there's a confidence in our heart that this is going to be okay that God is going to take care of it. There is a quiet confidence that we have that God is going to handle it. We're at peace on the inside. Now, it doesn't mean that the storm is over. It just means that we are at peace on the inside. And the way you know you're really believing is that you're at peace on the inside. Anybody ever been really agitated on the inside? All worked up and jittery and jumpy? I know none of you never had that before, but if it ever happened, (laughs) we need to recognize that we are at peace on the inside. Now, you know the answer is on the way because we're at peace. Now, the the scripture that I thought of, I didn't send it to Jose till this morning on a piece of paper, is Daniel Daniel chapter 10, uh, beginning at verse 12. And the, uh, the scripture says, relax, Daniel, he continued, don't be afraid. From the moment you decided to humble, your, humble, humble yourself to receive understanding, your prayer was heard. And I set out to come to you, but I was waylaid by the angel prince of the kingdom of Persia and was delayed for a good three weeks. But then Michael, one of the chief angel principals, angel princess, intervened to help me. I left him there with the prince of the kingdom of Persia and now... I'm here to help you understand what will eventually happen to your people. The vision has to do with what's ahead. You see, Daniel prayed. 
He prayed for uh, understanding and he prayed for this wisdom and this insight. And he wanted to know what's going to happen in the future of Israel and also what happens in our life. You know, some of Daniel's prophecies are, connect very well to the, the John, uh, the revelator in, jo- in the book of Revelation. So Daniel, parts of Daniel and the book of Revelation go hand in hand. But Daniel prayed and he waited 21 days for the answer. Now, sometimes that our prayers are delayed, <laughs> and some delays is that it's just not God's time yet. Some delays are, are that uh, the person that we are praying for, it's not a good time for them yet. They haven't reached the point that they need to be at in their life for God to do what we have been praying for. Some, de- some delays are spiritual, as with Daniel, that the, the, uh, the, <laughs> ain't the uh, darkness, the prince of uh, Persia there, which was speaking of a uh, a, a demon or an, you know, was interrupting the answer to God's prayer. A very powerful spiritual influence was not allowing the spirit of God, the angel of God, to deliver the message. So Michael, the archangel, comes and he's more powerful than the guy who's trying to block it. So he knocks him out of the way, and uh, the angel comes and gives the message to Daniel. Twenty-one days it was in delay. We don't know why things happen the way they do. We don't know why delays are delays, but we know this, that God is in charge and that God will see us through. And no matter what the delay, God will answer our prayers. Amen. Yes, amen. (laughs) God will answer our prayers. God will see us through. God will give us the victory. God will give to us the answer to our prayers. So the answer is on the way. Every prayer that we've ever prayed, God has heard. Every prayer. Now, we're not talking about the, the, um, what are they called? Whiny prayers. We're not talking about whiny prayers. Oh, God, why did you do this? (laughs) You know, we're whining, got to have to say, oh, God, why don't you help me? I'm in a terrible fix, and it was not my fault. It's, you know, it's the weather. It rained on my parade. <laughs> Stop your whining and make your prayer a prayer. God, don't let it rain on my parade. I pray by faith. God, set the, set the boundaries and set the umbrella <laughs> as over top of my place or over top of my parade. I, I know the illustration, this guy had a very large orchard, and uh, there was to be a, a frost freeze warning for, his, for the entire region, and this guy prayed that his property would not be affected by the frost and by the freeze. And the next day when they woke up, every, people, every piece of property next to his was frozen, but his wasn't. Sometimes God is that specific in our prayers. So we need to have that understanding that no matter how great the delay is, that we know that God is in charge and that God can answer our prayers. He's done it before. He can do it again. If he doesn't, then he has a different plan. He has a better plan. If God is for us, Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? (laughs) If God is for us, who can be against us? End of story. 
I have confidence that God, see, it doesn't matter who may be against us, God is greater than our enemy. God is greater than our problems. God is greater than any obstacle that stands in our path. We have the, the story of the children of Israel and their getting out of the land of Egypt and the plagues and then the crossing of the Red Sea and then the manna that comes and the water from rocks. And, you know, God is able to do great and mighty things. And because we're in a place of need, we have this responsibility. We have the responsibility to ask. We have the responsibility. Make your request known unto God. We have a responsibility to ask God for the answer to this need. How many times we've faced a need and say, oh, God's not interested in that. I did this on my own. Doesn't matter. God, we have a responsibility to ask God. We need to ask him for wisdom. We need to ask him for uh, divine favor. We need to ask him to meet the need. We need to ask for whatever situation it is in our life. We need to ask that God would put this in motion, that he would cause it to happen. If you don't ask, you don't get. You have not because you ask not. That's not a proverb like godliness is next to cleanliness or cleanliness is next to godliness. It's not in the Bible. But ask and ye shall receive. Seek, we did this sermon a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Knock and you shall, a door will be open. Seek and you will find. See, we got it there. We need to recognize that God is in charge and God is at work. And therefore, in this whole situation, I am putting myself open to God. Whenever we ask, it means that we're vulnerable. If I don't ask, everybody's at arm's length. I'm not vulnerable because I don't have a need that you can help me with. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to ask you to help me because I'm in charge of me. Well, that's just the opposite of what God is saying. That we, God is working in our hearts and of lives and our lives. If we don't ask, we're, we're not really believing. Our dependency is upon God and that he will bless us and that he will, he will work in our lives. So don't allow our unbelief to get in the way of receiving what God wants to do in our lives. So it's not how perfect we are, but how open we are to God. He's not interested in how perfect. You know, God, let me tell you all the good things that I've done, therefore I, you owe me. <laughs> That's earning a wage. God owes me. When I do something as if it's credit, it's a credit to God. You know, God, these are credits that I have. And, you know, my, the, you know the gambling term, I believe, is uh, markers. You know, we won so many markers or something, and therefore we cashed them in at a certain time. So these are all the good things I've done and these are all the markers that I got, God. Here you owe me. I'm going to cash these in now. <laughs> then that's, that's not faith. It has nothing to do with faith. 
Faith is, I have no markers. I have nothing that I've won. I have no virtues. I have, I have nothing. Then we're in the right place to begin to, by asking. So don't allow ourselves to hit that bottom where we have nothing, but where we have everything in Christ. We have this confidence. I have heard a report from the Lord. This is in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 49, 14. We have this confidence. What is the report of God? Did you ever listen to the weather report? <laughs> is it going to rain today? Is it going to rain tomorrow? Is it going to be freezing tonight? We listen for reports. We receive reports all the time. Parents, grandparents, we receive report cards. <laughs> Are the kids going to, to school? We have reports on their behavior. You know, used to tell the kids, uh, Rhonda, Rachel and uh, David, that uh, you can't do anything in this town without us knowing it. Your mother's a teacher and I'm a preacher and everybody tells us everything. We get the report. <laughs> well, we always get reports. But what is the report of the godly person? I've heard the report of the Lord. Aha, uh -huh. now that's the report we want to listen to. For we remind, that we are to remember we serve a supernatural God. Just because we don't see a way doesn't mean that he doesn't have a way. Just because we don't see a way, just because we don't figure out a way, doesn't mean God doesn't have a way. Judas <laughs> lost his confidence in God and Jesus. Somewhere along the line, he was serving Jesus, or he wouldn't have been tolerated all that time. And somewhere along the line, Judas saw Jesus as his cash register. <laughs> People would give money and he could skim off the top and nobody ever accounted the books and so nobody ever really knew. But Judas, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. What will it cost us to give in to our temptation? What will it cost us to not believe? What will it cost us if we turn over our faith for something that we can put in our hand but really doesn't settle in our hearts? And see, our confidence is in Christ. And whether it's, whether it's in our hand or not in our hand, it's still there by faith. Faith is bringing into existence from a spiritual realm into a physical realm. In the realm of Christ, in the realm of God, in the spiritual realm, what is there in heaven that, cannot, that is not run by God? God, let your will be done in us, in earth, as it is in heaven. Let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. There is nothing in heaven that, that hinders the will of God. So don't allow anything in us to hinder the will of God. So therefore I am confident that he is well able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think. So everything that I can pray for, everything that I can want in my life, everything that I can believe will be important to me and my family and my kids and I win $150 million, everything is mine. And that is too small. I won the lottery at $150 million or whatever it is at this point. You know, 
largest lottery ever won, won by one person. What do you do with all that money? It is nothing in comparison. See, this doesn't even, doesn't even begin to meet the need of what God can do in our lives. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. We dream about money being able to take us to levels above we can ever ask or think. And God is saying, it isn't in the money, it's in your heart. And it's in your hands. It's in your, it's in your voice, it's in your, in your belief, in your understanding of God that he is going to do more than any of this could ever imagine, could ever bring into your life. He is willing to do that and more. So therefore, ask. Ask. Luke 11, uh, verse 9, which was a few weeks ago. Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Ask, given, seek, find, knock, open. <laughs> Ask, given, seek, find, knock, open. Nowhere does God say, you can ask, but I'm not giving it to you. You can seek, but you'll never find it. You can knock until your fingers go raw. Door's not going to open. Where did, never, never said that. Can you imagine God who is this <laughs> beyond what we can ever ask or think, and he tells us that we are to be confident, we are to, be, we are to walk in confidence, we are to walk in assurance, we are to have this, this spirit in us that was in Christ. The spirit that was in Christ is in us. And so in that spirit of creativity, in that spirit of life, in that spirit of giving, in that spirit of becoming, it's all inside of us. It's the same God who raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Amen? Let's stand. So what are you going to ask? What are you going to knock? What are you going to believe for? What is God saying? You know, if you will ask for this, I will do it in your life. What is it that he wants you to ask for? Because God has that in front of us and he's saying, this is what you are, you are here for. This is what you are here for. Now, you're on the path of becoming here. Daniel, Daniel, well, can use Daniel. Daniel prayed unto God and he ended up in the lion's den. Whoa, big reward, huh? <laughs> yeah, shut the mouths of the lions. Joseph had the dream, but it took him through all different twists and turns to end up at the second in command of Egypt. Now, what is it that God has in your mind for you? And we're just kind of in that back and forth in between and in prison or, you know, framed or forgotten or whatever. We need to keep our eyes focused on what God's will is for our lives. And nothing is too big. Nothing is too small. And don't, don't write off, well, that's too much for me. <laughs> I don't deserve. You throw that out. That's not God speaking to you. <laughs> that's not God speaking. God Give to us dreams. 
visions. God, give us, give us the ability to see what you want to bring into our lives. Help me to see it, to ask for it, to seek it, to knock for it. God, thank you. Thank you that you bestow to us your blessings, your giftings. God, you, the creative spirit that spoke the worlds into existence, where no two blades of grass, no two snowflakes, no two fingerprints are the same. That creativity is in you, Lord, and so it is in us. Give us insight into our lives that we may see beyond what we think we can have or be to what you have called us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.